Welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Welcome, my friends, to episode 14 of the Life Right Here podcast. And this week marks the first in a series of episodes around suffering and ways we can prevent or minimize it in the future, which is surely a desirable topic for every human being on this planet because we all experience suffering in some form or another. So this is part one. And in part one, in an effort to keep this simple and digestible as well as easily reflected upon, I'm just going to start with describing three types of suffering as described in the yoga tradition and present some initial questions for you to contemplate. Just a word here on this before we begin. It could be a topic where things come up for you, emotions arise or things that we have previously ignored or pushed through are brought to light. And this can be challenging. And I highly recommend that if you have things arise that feel overwhelming, that you reach out for support, whether that's to me and I can help you find appropriate networks or to a doctor or psychologist that can provide ongoing support as you turn inward. This podcast is to be used as a tool to gain greater awareness around our thoughts, feelings and actions, but it is not meant by any means to replace medical or psychological support should that be required. So please know I'm here to guide on that front. And in numerous phases of my life, I've had the support from a psychologist myself. So I highly recommend taking action on that if you feel that things are too much. I'm just an email away and there's plenty of support out there for you to access. In saying that too, these tools are for looking at our reactions and attachments in the present and moving towards strategies that are more effective ways of responding. It's not about dredging up events of the past. However, I acknowledge that things can come up in turning inward and I want you to know that you can reach out to me if you need support. I'm not going to go overboard here. I've been thinking about previous episodes where I maybe bombarded you with questions. I'm naturally a person who loves to reflect on life, but I want this podcast to have an impact in a practical and very real world context. And so my intention is to continue to get better at making this super practical for busy, working, modern human beings. So I will present a maximum of three questions, I promise. (laughs) 
that's going to be pretty hard for me, but I commit to it. And then if you have the time to sit and journal and really dig deep with those three questions, great. But you can just reflect on them too as you're driving home from work, for example. Okay, let's dive in. Suffering. Strap yourselves in. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We can choose how we approach this. Let's just keep it fairly lighthearted. In the tradition of yoga, as outlined in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which is the classic ancient text of Hatha Yoga, Patanjali describes the Ashtanga Yoga system or the eight-limbed path. One of those limbs is asana, which is the postures of yoga, which you would be forgiven for thinking that that's all there is to yoga because that is usually all we see of it. So within the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali describes three types of suffering or dukkha. Dukkha, very simply translated, means suffering. The first type of suffering is called Parinama dukkha, the emotional turbulence that happens when things are changing, but we want them to stay the way they are. Parinama dukkha. You know those beautiful moments that you catch yourself in? It happens to me a lot. They're really happy, you feel connected, but then you get that twinge that this is not going to last. Change is inevitable in life, but we push back against it because we want those happy times to last forever. We don't want them to end. We cling to them. We don't want our body to age. We want our kids to stay this age forever if we have kids. Well, that's if it's a particularly lovely age. Sometimes we're thinking, when is this going to end? (laughs) Which is a source of suffering in itself. It's probably linked more to the third type of suffering that I'll get to. And I'm experiencing this parinama dukkha myself at the moment as my daughter prepares to graduate primary school and head off to high school. So I think those transition times in our life are a standout as being times when parinama dukkha is predominant, the suffering that arises from us wanting things to stay as they are. It's easy to get stuck in this suffering because there's often grief associated with change. But yoga asks us, can we shift our perspective to see endings as also new beginnings? And I'm not suggesting we brush over the grieving process, but merely that we don't get stuck there because we do have a choice. It's a choice to stay stuck and suffer and hold on to what we don't want to change, or we choose to let go a little, to breathe and feel that change, but to move through it to the new beginning that lies on the other side. Fighting inevitable change is futile. Like wanting my daughter to stay at primary school (laughs) is not going to happen, but realizing that we have some agency over how we respond to it, that is empowering. And it doesn't mean we get to the point where we don't feel pain. It's human to feel pain. And I've always liked that 
quote that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Parinama dukkha, the first type of suffering. The second type of suffering described by Patanjali is samskara dukkha. Samskara dukkha comes from us creating and maintaining habitual ways of thinking, feeling and acting. Our unique patterns of habit are called samskara and they arise from thought which then informs our actions which becomes our way of life. And these samskara could be small Small habits of thinking and doing, but they can have huge consequences because their effects are cumulative over a lifetime or many lifetimes. Samsara dukkha. Sorry, not samsara, samskara. <laughs> samsara is something else. <laughs> samskara. So there's only one letter difference in those. Samskara dukkha. It could just come about from being stuck in a habit that's no longer appropriate. And maybe that habit used to work for you, but now it's not and it's causing unhappiness. And just the simplest example, you might have created a habit of jogging every day, no matter what. Essentially on the surface, jogging every day is viewed as a pretty great habit to have. But if you take a look more closely at the intention behind it or the appropriateness of jogging for your stage of life or your current physical conditions, even the intensity with which you're living the rest of your life, jogging might not be a positive habit for you right now. It might be contributing to a lifestyle that's go, go, go or compounding injuries or physical vulnerabilities in your body and in your mind. I'm not saying jogging is bad. <laughs> it's just an example of how we might take a closer look at even seemingly positive habits, our actions and the thoughts or beliefs behind that action and how they might be contributing to suffering. We want balance. And maybe jogging, just for example, is not bringing balance. Samskara dukkha, suffering coming from habitual ways of thinking, feeling and acting. Often these are unconscious. We're not aware of the samskaras playing out. But they're contributing to how we show up in the world. The third type of suffering as described by the sage Patanjali, is tapadukkha. This is the suffering that arises from pain or discomfort, whether physical, emotional, or psychological. It's the pain that comes from our senses and in turn, how these are connected to our mind. So this could be injuring yourself during a sport, feelings of overwhelm from engaging in the news cycle, for example, feeling rejected 
by a potential partner, anger at a particular incident or a feeling of boredom, which can be super painful. (laughs) Although I was always told only boring people get bored. And I repeat that phrase to my daughter too. (laughs) But this type of pain is often linked to our expectations and whether or not they're met as well as our desires or longings for something to happen in our life and maybe it's not happening or it's taking much longer than we want. Tapaduka. And so with this knowledge of three types of suffering described in the Yoga Sutra, we can start to notice instances where we react strongly, we have an emotional outburst, we push something away or have an aversion to something that's happening. The practice of yoga supports us to step back from the incident, the event, the reaction, and to look as if from above, to remove our identity from the story and to name it, I'm suffering. And often I'm prolonging my suffering. And so three questions here, as I promised. (laughs) Number one, what aspects of your life are changing right now that you wish were staying the same? That could be something even really small. Don't discount it. And just in naming these, I find the stuckness eases a little bit. Number two, what habits Have you cultivated in your life that might need a closer look to see if they are creating suffering for yourself or others? Or are they supporting you to live in a balanced way? And the third question, where in your life are you experiencing pain or discomfort that could be physically, mentally or emotionally? And how can you soften around that discomfort? And show some self-compassion and a level of acceptance in order to discern your next right move. So my intention in describing these three types of suffering, according to the Hatha Yoga tradition, is to bring you more awareness around the thoughts, beliefs, habits, actions, that might be prolonging or intensifying the pain of being human and causing unnecessary suffering. By naming things, I've found that their impact lessens. I can observe more closely and ultimately be a little freer of the impact. And this shift is inner medicine. We're not looking to anyone outside of ourselves to make things better. We're merely becoming aware of our resistance to change, our habitual patterns that are causing suffering and those places that bring us pain and discomfort. That light of inner awareness is truly healing. And we're not taught this in school. Don't feel bad if you don't know this, if you've never heard about this before. It's still not taught in school unless a particular teacher is aware of it and has a passion for it. But how empowering to have this knowledge passed down over thousands of years by those holding the torch. 
So let me know. I'd love to hear. I love it when people share with me what they got from each episode. What are those sources of suffering that you were able to identify and name? And did naming them have even just a small impact? Thank you again for listening this week. Please share this with anyone in your life that you think might benefit from this ancient wisdom. Have a great week. And remember, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Thank you.